Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Scheming Mind Palace podcast. I am your host, Luca Ravelli. Welcome to the place where we destroy deadwood with intention through relentless thought retention. This episode, I feel like, should be more about the palace itself. Where is the place where your consciousness is reflected in physical form? Everyone has it. I just decided to label it and identify it as a physical space where I am reflecting in the the classic archetypal method of organizing thoughts through different objects in a space. Whereas other people have it as more a figurative place. It might be like a notebook. It might be a diary. Get the chaos of your mind down on paper so that it all becomes a bit more manageable. It might be a business or investment portfolio. I feel like this is a very you know, important field for many people. Obviously, it's a, say, like sort of a lo- level three grown-upping or adulting that not everyone is completely accustomed to, but it's something that everyone should be prepared for because, obviously, I don't want this to be a very uh, alarmist podcast, you know? I don't want this to be so uh, tinfoil hatty, obviously. But I feel like it doesn't take very much to notice that we are on the brink of a next global crash or intense recession. And it's important to be prepared for it. It's very important to be prepared for the likely fallout that is to ensue from, you know, the constant propping up of, like, our fake money, in a sense. Our government just continues to print and print and print and print without ever, you know, needing to back it up, like, you know, boosting the deficit more so than it ever has in recorded history. You know, eventually people are going to you know, want the money back. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see what happens when that happens. But what I have learned from people like Robert Kiyosaki is that the best thing to do in these times is basically gather your SEAL team. (laughs) Gather the group of people that you feel will really be there for you in in the difficult times. Because no one is going to be able to know exactly when this crash is going to happen all you can say for certain is the sooner that happens the better it probably will be and the longer and the shorter it'll last however it has been delayed a lot so it it isn't looking too good so I would not expect any other person to be able to save you in these ensuing times when it does hit considering it seems like 
now looking deeper into it, we were never even out of the 28 recession. And these things tend to occur every about 10 years, so we are a bit overdue for one in the natural sense. So the fact that it's been artificially uh, elongated to the extent that it has, it's not good, you can say. So what can you do? That's what everyone wants to know, obviously. Besides, you know, gathering your SEAL team, like how good is that going to be really be after you've found a group of people that you can help with or that can help you. The next step is to make a business after it happens. Now this is a very interesting thing because many people might think, oh, you should start it as soon as possible, right? And have that be your, your buffer for the recession. Well, in fact, you know, if you're starting up a business, you're probably going to need to take a loan out. And doing a loan taking a loan out before one hits is not the best state. And obviously there are a lot of other complex factors that go into the what makes a business successful. But for some strange reason, according to people like Robert Kiyosaki, they just say they just say that businesses that start up right after recession tend to do the best. It's just, just statistical data. And who are we to argue with that? <laughs> it's most likely the fact that many people are very excited that someone would even bother to start something new. Like, I feel like the best thing to do is always the opposite of what everyone else is doing considering the fact that 70% of the population lives paycheck, paycheck to paycheck or has those other problems. You tend to always want to go against the grain culturally, which ironically ends up being along the grain by every other sense, like by the natural sense. But I feel like our society is so pushed against what is natural that it's, it almost seems unnatural which is obviously a hilarious oxymoron, but this is life. <laughs> this is life. So, up until that point, up until the crash actually occurs, because luckily we still have some time. Luckily you guys listening, hopefully, hopefully it hasn't happened yet when you're listening right now. But assuming it hasn't, now is the time you gather your thoughts, you gather your plans, perhaps you start filing some patents, start writing some things down, start making your imprint on what you think your, your big business scheme will be. What is your plan? Because once it hits, that's when you gotta just hit the ground running. And the sooner that you get that business off the ground, once the recession or crash or whatever does hit, the better you'll do. Because you can only really ever go up. I guess. I guess that's the philosophy. Is that you know you start your baseline so low that everyone's always just excited that you're doing better. It's like, oh my god, really you're doing better like in these times? Because like, well, I can only really go up. Like I don't really have much down to do. So now that we have 
those things under control. There are some other areas that you can do, like buying gold and silver. Obviously, precious metals are something that only one-tenth of one percent of Americans actually invest their money into. So, again, it's another area that seems like a good idea, considering it's so against the grain of what our strange society has deemed as a good investment strategy, which is not precious metals. I feel like most people invest in Bitcoin by this point. And Bitcoin, uh, it's new, so it's, it's still unproven. And that's obviously the thing that still scares a lot of people. Obviously, what's new is not always bad. But in the sense of money, it hasn't withstood as many recessions as something like gold has. And gold is still like a very old phenomenon, obviously far predating, you know, economics in the sort of sense in general of recession, depression, all these types of things. Whereas Bitcoin is barely even, has it even survived one? Was it even in 2008? <laughs> Probably was, but in a, in a, in a form that is not going to have really made it a, a point of like thoughtful comparison. So the debate of gold versus Bitcoin is something we can obviously delay on, but I would definitely say gold is probably a better bet because again, it's more proven in terms of the fact that it's never going to really lose its luster. It's not going to diminish in value. And yeah, I mean, it's something that you don't really want to sell, per se. So get on it. Go uh, full Scrooge McDuck. Jump into your big money pile of gold coins and have a grand old time. I mean, that clearly was Scrooge's scheming mind palace or his own personal whatever. Maybe you have to scheme his palace of collected coins that somehow became liquidous when he decided to swim through it. But that, uh, that sort of leads me into the next interesting topic. But what do we do when everything goes full Mad Max. <laughs> like, obviously, some people think, okay, if society collapses, like, that's it. I am done with everything. I'm only going to, to work up until <laughs> everything collapses, and, you know, then, then it'll be fine. Then, I mean, you know, then I'll just give up. Like, I'm not fit for this. For me, I think, oh, are you kidding me? It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so exciting. I know some people that are going to be like the crazy... I'm going to be the flaming guitar person in the Mad Max scenario. Like, I'm the one that's going to be like, Alright, everything's been burned down. Time to rebuild it better. Like, we're going to make... We're going to make all the improvements that we could make that couldn't exist back when we were stuck in the old way. This is the next step. For all of us. This is the next step for everyone that wants a better future. For everyone that's excited for something to change. 
everyone that thinks that yeah, a change really is just what we need. Doesn't matter if it's you know the sanitized version of like oh you know you can't don't hurt anyone's feelings. You know it's gotta make sure it's all by committee and da 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 da. Like obviously, I'm not suggesting we kill all evil laugh cue but I'm saying that there are many things that are out of our control and if said out of control things lead us in a certain direction who are we to say that that was the wrong choice when you know it could be something as naturally occurring as a magnetic pole shift because ironically at the same rate as the industrial revolution which uh, has produced man-made climate change there has also been a incredible magnetic weakening of our uh, electromagnetic shielding of the earth likely due to the fact that there is a pole shift that is ensuing this uh, weakening is likely a large part in terms of why our planet is getting so much hotter because the sun's rays are now penetrating our uh, like our extra layers that are protecting us and our planet our atmospheres far deeper than they ever have in recorded history which again recorded history is only like 150 years it's not even that long in terms of the I mean of course recording in what sense like we have core samples that are recording far far longer in the past and all those core samples seem to suggest the fact that some insane cataclysm has happened like every pretty much every 12,000 years give or take for the past uh, I think 15 no 150,000 years there have been one about every 120 years every 120,000 years here we go. And that's pretty insane to think about that there have been so many extinction level disasters that have occurred and yet we think that this is such a new phenomenon where of course to the planet and to those humans that have survived it is no no new event at all. But that's also kind of beautiful to think that we know humans have been around for at least 300,000 years knowing that we've survived again and again and again and again and again means that we'll survive again it's it's gonna do a lot of damage it's going to do a lot of damage both the magnetic pole shift and the ensuing global crash is going to do a lot of damage but if you're prepared you can mitigate that damage. Now, that does mean, you know, storing food, potentially, hopefully you have some space to put some food that has a, you know, about a 25 year shelf life or whatever. Something that'll, you know, set aside for emergencies, like some bottled water, some medicine, just in case, you know, government, resources get cut off for about a week a week or two 
that is what I'm personally prepared for. Everyone can prepare in their own way, like based on how much of a, I guess, how much of a disaster you're willing to prepare for. <laughs> because, you know, it could easily just be like a week. It could just be a, a week, and then everyone kind of gets back on their feet that was able to last that week. Because, of course, there are going to be some people that can't, and that'll be very tragic. But that'll just be a fact of, you know, the circumstances of the catastrophe that we've, you know, survived through. Is that not everyone will survive. That's a sad thing. But we, those that will, will be stronger for it. And in the end, that is... That, that is the only thing that we can really hope to glean is some level of insight into ourselves, some growth within ourselves. And everything else, uh, we'll just have to take, we'll just have to take it uh, to say the world is a harsh, unforgiving place. And you can't just expect everything to be beautiful all the time. As much as, you know, the Zen or the Taoist way seems like so peaceful and you know frou-frou, happy, easy it really is not it's just an acceptance that it is what it is so you just go with the flow that means that it's neither bad nor good unless you choose to label it because you know you can choose to label it bad or good that doesn't mean it's true that's just your choice Anyways, thank you for joining us on this uh, episode of the Scheming Mind Palace. I mean, this podcast has definitely grown to a degree that I'm very excited of. So far we've had up to uh, 100 listeners. That's that's pretty great. I mean, I, I definitely didn't think it would grow to that degree so quickly. And I guess I should thank my own level of, you know, getting it out there, my own tenacity of basically just forcing everyone, like, no, you're going to listen to this and you're going to spread it. You're going to listen and spread. You're going to listen and spread. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't mean 100 people that have got up to date, but at least up to, like, the first episode or two. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm very excited by where this thing is going and. Yeah. I hope you guys will stay tuned to the next one. This next one will be uh, recorded in Tuscany, and I'm likely going to start my uh, farming learning podcast over there, or that episode, or TV series, web series thing. Maybe I'll still pop in here from time to time to give my thoughts on the latest trends or whatever but yeah keep a mind keep an eye out for the youtube channel because so far <laughs> i have uh, the name agricultists reserved for a, a website and have the site agricultists.com so i think that'll be what <laughs> what the name is gonna be join the cult of my farm basically. Anyways, have a great night, everyone. Or day, whatever. It's 4.30 in the morning over here, so... <laughs>